Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Isles Buzz Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman. All right, so thanks everyone for joining the Isles Buzz Podcast. And Dan, something we haven't done really in a while is uh, tell people where you can find us on Twitter. I'm the first Noel19, Dan Dan Noodle78, and there's our new uh, Lighthouse Hockey Twitter account solely for podcasts, so we can promote the hell out of these shows, Isles Anxiety, Isles Buzz, and Dan Serencini's new podcast, which is fantastic. It's pretty much just like Islander Award winners, and the first one was about, obviously, the greatest defenseman in Islanders history, one of the best defensemen of all time, Dennis Potvin. Uh, oh, I thought it was Brian Strait. That's, that's week two. Okay. Yeah. Follow. It's funny because a lot of people like have been tagging me like, "Hey, great job with that podcast." It's like, no, that's the other Dan. Yeah, exactly. Not me. Yeah, I, I believe Andy Sutton is week three. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Rico uh, Drew Fada. Drew Fada. Drew Fada. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the alumni weekend in a little bit. Uh, oh, we should because there were some there are some great names there. there. Some, yeah, some great names. But uh, the Twitter account is uh, Lighthouse Hockey Podcast at L H H Podcast. And you'll find all our shows on there. So it's uh, another one stop shopping. Yeah, another avenue to find our stuff. Uh, I just played about six minutes yesterday. They thought the matinee game probably started at three o'clock. And uh, those six minutes pretty much saved the season, Dan. Yeah, they <laughs> did, right? I mean, yeah. um, Marv, Marv Levio 
always said that uh, a Hall of Fame Bills coach, Marv Levy, said there's no such thing as a must-win game. World War II, that was must-win. Right. So, <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, obviously there's no such thing as a must-win game this early in the season. Yeah. But it was really important. It really was because they were they were lifeless for a while. They got off to a good start. And then that, that fluky first goal, which Bavillier made a nice play. He just yeah. he was trying to break up the play, and he just broke it up into his own net. Um, which happens. <laughs> so, yeah, but, I mean, just we could talk about the roster, the lack of possession, the running around the whole game. The There are just a lot, there's a lot of dead weight on this roster right now. But with all that being said, the last six minutes of the game and the 90 seconds of overtime, it was even that much, uh, they looked like a completely different team. So hopefully – this can galvanize them. They can get out in the road, and uh, they can. Uh, what do you call it? They could. Um, they can start a little run here, maybe. It's, it hasn't been perfect. There's still a lot to fix, but it is a two-game winning streak, and they are 500. It could be worse. We could be the Devils. Yeah, exactly. Who they? Uh, you know, let go their their coach today. Um, there were a lot of, I guess. I mean, not to get too much into the Devils, but a lot of like unwarranted expectations, I guess, or inflated expectations on this team. Yeah, they were like the sexy pick to make the playoffs, and I wasn't buying it. Now, I didn't think they'd be this bad, and they aren't this bad. They'll turn it around, and they will be improved upon last year. But, I mean, they don't have – they have two, maybe – yeah, I think they have like two, maybe three professional blue liners, and one of the worst goaltending tandems in the league, and a very thin bottom six forwards – I mean, I wasn't expecting too much. I didn't think they were a playoff team yet. I thought they'd be better, build upon maybe 10, 15 points better than last year. But I didn't understand some of the expectations that were getting thrown out there. I'm like, have you watched this team play defense? Because yeah. they can score goals. That team has – that top six can absolutely score. Exactly. And I, I figured – And they were also – and they, I think Hines also got killed because he was really misusing uh, Jack Hughes as well. Yeah, it, it was. And they they gave him a, a multi-year contract extension, I think, in January. So he's going to be wow. – uh, Wow, he's going to be collecting for a while. And, and I thought uh, Pete DeBoer, you know, former Devils coach, was going to be the first one to get axed but, with San Jose. But they're kind of hanging around there a little bit. And, uh, they're Dallas, too talented. I yeah. mean, yes, their defense is a problem. And their goal tending is pedestrian. But they're they're too talented. They'll, they won't be that bad. DeBoer will probably get canned at the end of the year. But they, they'll, they'll, they'll get it going. They're just not – they're not that bad. Yeah, and Dallas is terrible right now. They're not that bad either. I don't no. know. really puzzles me. They were my yeah. pick to go to the freaking finals. I know. Finals. A, a lot of people picked them. I, I, I picked uh, Colorado, and right now I'm, I'm looking like a genius. Only undefeated. I did, Col- <laughs> I did have Colorado uh, going far too, but um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah the, the, the Stars one is really puzzling. Yeah, exactly. We have a, a back to the Islanders. Um, yesterday saw a little bit of a glimpse into the future. Uh, I didn't really Ross expect- Johnson? Ross Johnson, you know, who's played he's about, a lot of playing time. He's, he's the new Matt Martin, in, which is crazy. You know, Martin being scratched for two, you know, consecutive games now, which is unheard of in Islander country unless he's hurt or suspended. But um, yeah, Oliver Wallstrom, which yes. uh, I was surprised that he was called up this quickly, especially when you have Casey Zekas out yet again, which is unfortunate because he's one of the most valuable Islanders on this. Sounds on like he's roster. close though. It seems like Eberle is going to be out a while. Yeah, exactly. I figured they'd call up maybe another center because I can't deal with another game of Leo Komarov playing fourth line. But oh my god, it's so bad. Yeah, but Alvo it's nothing against Leo. It's like, dude, it's, yeah, just not, it's like it's not your position. Can you call up Tanner Fritz? I mean, if you, if you don't think Koval is ready, fine. Can you yeah. call up just Tanner Fritz and have him play four C, or exactly. even Travis St. Dennis? Someone would just be a serviceable fourth line center. Maybe you want to face off. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. I mean, because their third line center, we can get into a little bit. Also, has been very disappointing. 
But yeah, uh, but yeah. Oliver Wallstrom looked like he's been in the league for a little while. There was no yeah, he looked really, really good, very confident, uh, strong with the puck, strong without the puck. Um, not so much they were shielding him from being in his own end as much as possible, right. but he was physical, which I really thought stood out. It was refreshing to see a forward throw his body around, and he was when he got the puck, he was looking to shoot, and he actually took the puck right. Right through the the face off that into the crease and tried to make a play and almost scored, um, which was refreshing because you never see that anymore either. Exactly. So he did a lot of things that will keep him sticking around, especially with some of the dead weight, especially in this bottom six. He if he can if he can prove he can play, uh, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, and you know, and the thing is, um, one guy who you know might obviously suffer as a result is Michael Del Cole, who I thought Del Cole's done nothing. He obviously contributed to the first goal, but he he really hasn't. He fell down and got lucky. Hey, you know what? He got an assist on on the on the pass to. Um, you saw it. I mean, like, yeah. No, I, look, I don't, I don't dislike Michael Del Cole, but Wallstrom did more in that first period than Del Cole had done all year. I, I totally agree with you there. The only thing that's going to keep him on this roster is that he has to clear to the waivers. And I don't. Think oh, who cares at this point? He who cares if he doesn't clear? Seriously, who cares? I, I mean, right? You who, hate to lose. If, a, he get, if he gets claimed, who cares? If Wallstrom, if Wallstrom, Wally pips him, whatever. No, I, I, I'm not saying that he should play over Wallstrom. What? That's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, especially. No, no, I'm just saying if you have to send Del Cole down and he gets claimed, so be it. I mean, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. With him and his, you know, he doesn't have the best resume out there. I mean, I, I did like that's the least of my problems. No, I, I, I honestly, I think Tom Kunakel in the top six is a lot more of my problems. No, which, I mean, I, I have no problem with Tom Kunakel playing. Put him on the fourth no, line. No, me either. He should be on the fourth line. Be, well, that's the problem. Like you said before, there's like too much seriously, right now, if the fourth line was Komarov, Kunakel, and Fritz, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Well, the problem is when you have Matt Martin and Ross Johnson, they're both on the roster. Right. That. that takes away a spot for you know a, no, it a does. skilled player johnston's been more serviceable than martin though he's been better yeah no i i agree and that's why he's that's why he's been playing but if you want to send ross down he's still clear without oh, yeah, a clear. doubt with that contract so i mean if you have to do that for a couple of games just if you want to if you really want to keep michael Del Cole on this roster you can do that if you're going to have kunak on the roster you play him on the fourth line Especially, you know, the bottom that. six has been extremely disappointing, yeah. with the exception of Bavillier. Right. The fourth, exactly. the bottom, the the fourth line. Although Bailey was the Bailey was on the third line yesterday, yeah. but you know what I mean. The, the the bottom six guys, and you know who they are. You know the the Clutterbucks, the Osazikis got hurt, uh, so that's where. But the Clutterbucks, the Martins, uh, the Dalcoles, the Broussards, those guys have been just uh, Komarov have been very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, Kamarov, you know, is probably one of the best forwards the first two games, and then just yeah, yeah, he's, he's shown a little bit of flashes, but yeah. I mean, you know, you it's just talk. it's just, you're so tied into his roster spot, and and I know, rah rah, you know, intangibles, you know, right. can't quantify that, and they, they, he's never going to get sad or anything like that. But I mean, I just feel like he's eating a spot in the roster right now. But there's quite a few guys that are doing that. This team doesn't have enough talent. If you didn't know who the general manager is, you would still think it was being run by Gart Snow. Yeah, and you know you bring up a good point there because you look at all the moves that Lou has done in the, in the I guess year and a half he's been here. Not there haven't one, been that many. Not one of them stands out. Where no, if, if you basically put all the moves that Garth has done in the past two years or the last two years he was here, compared to Lou, you just put him column A, column B. You would have no idea that one was a Hall of Fame general manager and one was a backup goaltender. 
Right. I mean, he got Trotz, and he got lucky of the timing of all that. Got, right. And that was a fantastic move. But I mean, Trotz can't put the you know Trotz can't put the puck in the net. No. He didn't get. Uh, he didn't get Duchesne. He didn't get Stone. He didn't get Panarin. And he can say all he wants about not worrying about the score, about the offense or the goal differential. But if if that was the case, then why was he? Why did he offer you know Panarin nearly twelve million dollars? Because he knows. Right. And it's like he has to. Cl- he you know you have this to say it. team yeah. is on him. This team's on him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you know, Trotz can only do so much. And look, we're 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 being really negative here off a two-game winning streak, but I'm just looking big picture, and I still think this team's gonna be fine. But you can't be that perfect every night. At some point, every so often, you gotta be able to open it up a little bit. And we all talk about Trotz being this defensive genius. Yes, he is, but he didn't have to be all the time in Washington with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin right. and uh, Backstrom and like Oshie. Like they have leg- and Carlson, they have legitimate talent there. I and mean, we just need more of it on the team. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm not saying that you know. <laughs> Signing or hiring Lou was the wrong choice. Choice I would do it again. No, no, no. I'm not either. I just he needs to do more. This is yeah, on him. It's, it's, this is on yeah, him. It's, solely it's, on him. Yeah, it's it's totally on him. I mean, you you have a Leonard. Whatever happened there, fine. Give Volarm off. Who who's been okay? You know, Grice has been okay. Uh, the last game he was good. He was good against the Panthers. Yeah, the the his, um the game before that he was very shaky. He obviously got pulled. Yeah. Um, he got no help though. Yeah. I mean, you can only maybe you know, one or two of those goals maybe were his fault. He got zero help there. Grice overall has been very good. Well, well, that's the problem. I mean, when you rely on your defense and goaltending, you're not going to have 82 games of solid defense and goaltending. There are a couple games when you need the offense to bail you out, and when you yeah, when you don't have anybody generating offense, that's going to be a problem. No, I know. You know, so, but uh, you, you know, Wallstrom played well. I'd like to see him more on the first line with. With Barzal, I think that's probably the future. He got some forward. of that towards the a end of the game. Bit. He a got some bit. of that towards the end of the game. He got that look. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I yeah. guess first um, game. Also, also, Barzal was far more aggressive yesterday too. Yeah, I think time. he had like six yeah. or seven shot attempts. About time he looked really good. But um, one thing, yeah. you know, I mentioned the defense a few minutes ago. Uh, you know, Boychuk played a hell of a game, and which yeah, I, he was really good. Yeah, and I really don't want it to be either Johnny Boychuk or Noah Dobson, who's been out of the lineup for the last couple of games. No, they both can play at the same they time. Can you can exactly. sit Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. You can sit Mayfield or, I mean, you could even sit Letty for a game. I mean, he's I mean, I just don't, there's, there's just no role for Letty on this team anymore. Yes. No, I mean, he's not the 45 to 50 point guy. He's no. not a shutdown defender. If he's not neither of those things, what exactly is he? He's not generating. He's not carrying the play. He's not the puck possession darling he used to be. He doesn't generate any scoring chances anymore. I don't know what he is. He does not fit in the Trotz's system like nope. Taze does. Yeah. Even though Pollock struggles and Pelic have struggled a little bit, we'll get to that. They still fit. I, I just don't know what he is. I don't feel like he fits here anymore. And I think you can get something for him. And at least if you can't get something to help right now, you can still get a prospect in the draft pick and get that money off your books. Yeah, I mean it's he's only hurting his you know his value right now, which I mean his his contract is fine, you know the term and the the money is is fine, but there are teams that need defensemen. Yeah, the Jets. <laughs> it's, well, they need right. That's the problem. They need right-handed defensemen. No, I understand. They that. have none. They have none. They have left-handed defensemen. Yeah, true, true. But uh, and then you, you mentioned Pulak a couple seconds ago. Pulak and Pelak, who have been matched up against the team's top line each game. Um, it's hurting pretty much Pulak's offense, I think. 
Yeah, well, he can't hit the net either, which doesn't help. But yeah, um, I mean, that's been his mo since he's been here, too. I mean, with that shot, just get it on net because you might get a rebound. You know, yeah. there's going to be he, not many goalies are going to stop his shots cleanly all the time, especially through a screen. So he just kind of has to get you know. But I just feel like they're being asked to do too much. I don't think there's a shot. I think this team defensively, the collective group of this defense is good. I just don't think there is. There needs to be a straight shutdown pairing right now. Maybe towards the end of the year when they really get their groove going. Because I mean, Pulak and Pelic started off slow last year as well. I, I think you can rotate and don't have to play so heavily matchups with them. You know, um, I do think Dobson will play more. But you're right; it doesn't need to be an either or thing with Boychuk. Yeah, I mean, because Dobson can play either side. He's done it in juniors. He's comfortable doing it, so it doesn't have to be a lefty-righty matchup every time. That helps too. Yeah, and and he looked pretty good. You know the times that he was in. So I mean, it's it's not like he you know that they're shielding him to keep him out. I mean, he was you know he didn't disappoint the you know the the games that he's played so far. Right. Well, yeah. Right now his games are practice. He has to show in practice what he can do, and he's going to be a very good defenseman. And there's no reason to send him back to juniors. He's going to play plenty this year, and someone's going to get hurt at some point too. So. You know, in a, in a perfect world, someone will be traded, but we can't. You know, we can't guarantee that because there's only been one trade in the past two years. So, yeah, and it's uh, it's coming up. I think uh, Jeff Capellini is like doing a day to day tweet about it. Yeah, he's up to like I yeah, know, I mean, five, like ten now or something it, like that. It's 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 ridiculous. Uh, and, and not that making trades, you know, you make trades, making making trades, look at former GMs on this uh, on the Islanders, like the Penguins, like yeah, the Penguins, right? Just making trades, but I mean. You, you, there are also trades to be made to improve the team, and it just hasn't been there for them. I just, I just don't get it. It's, but hopefully, uh, hopefully soon. But uh, after the break, the tweet of the week and our alumni recap. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so we just have a little new feature uh, on the show. We're going to do, we're going to scour through Twitter the best we can and search for the best Islander tweet. Yes. Whether it's from, yes. we're, we're excluding the two of us, of course, because we have great tweets anyway. Right. Like Islander fans. Yes. Players, commentators, whoever, you know, it could be the Islander account itself, which has been um, probably the biggest improvement of the team this year has been the Islanders Twitter account. Uh, but we, although I, but I will say, no, if I can interrupt for one second, sure. I did go on that tirade the other night uh, about the lines. <laughs> Wait, I, I kind of felt like I morphed into Stefan from SNL. Right, <laughs> right. I did see that. Right, you yeah. know, we're we're uh, we're Barry Trotz was trying to make a uh, you know lemons out of chicken shit, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a clear winner this week. Yeah, there's exactly. a clear winner. We really did scour the internet. Yes, and it, you know it happened to come out yesterday, and you know care of. Dan, our own Dan Saracini, Lighthouse Hockey, uh, Culture of Losing. <laughs> we scoured the internet and we came up with someone who works with us. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're kind of fraud. We're, but this was a gem. This was, this, this, this yeah. I will say, this is a tweet of the year nominee. Yeah, well, you know, we're pretty much like uh, like the ESPYs where we only, you know, recognize sports that the ESPN covers, you know? So it's, it's pretty <laughs> much. But uh, here we go. And just like Christopher Columbus, the Islanders show up late, wreck shit, and take something that honestly didn't belong to them. 
I mean, that nails yesterday's game to a T. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. But if you uh, have a great tweet, just uh, hashtag IslesBuzz, and we'll uh, we'll see yes. if it's the tweet of the week. But um, yep, yeah, yeah we'll uh, we'll keep doing that every week, and we'll you know we'll read your tweet on here. We'll give you some credit, and you will get no prizes or anything like that. We'll be just you know. Yeah, exactly. Just a little, little. Just the uh, just the joy of knowing that you, the, just the joy of knowing that you, uh, you be, you know, you're uh, you're running the uh, Twitterverse for a day. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get to um, the alumni weekend, we got to talk about yesterday a little bit. Um, I I've been to the last few Columbus Day games. I didn't go yesterday, um, and I'm sure that that hurt the attendance by one or four, depending on who I brought. <laughs> but it was another you know subpar crowd at the Coliseum. Monday game, most everyone has off against the defending Stanley Cup champions. I know the Washington News came late that he was going to play, but I know it's not the quantity, it's the quality, and you always get quality Islander fans at the games. But oh sure, it looks, this is not it still this is bad. not an indictment of the of the fans. We know who no. the real we know who right. the fans are. You know, yeah. don't have to. If you if you follow us on Twitter, we talk to you, we engage with you. We know, yeah, like, look, we all know we can't we can't go to every game. There's only about there's probably fifteen thousand hardcore fans, and we can't all get to every game. Um, but I mean, when you can't sell out a thirteen thousand seat arena, that's terrible. And it, what it is is, it's the fair the fair weather fans, the uh, ones who jump on the niche of the Islanders, usually come January, February. You see, you know who they are? They're like lice. You see them, and they're like. Alexei Yashin jerseys and Jason Blake and Adrian Acoin. You can always tell like when the last time they jumped on the bandwagon was, was during that year. So you can always, you always start seeing them around the Coliseum around late January, but it's just like, this is a 13,000 seat arena. There's no excuses why you can't fill it. And it's like, I don't want to hear it. I just don't, because if it was, this was happening at the Barclays, people would be crushing it. There is no excuse not to fill a 13,000 seat arena. You can't, you can't give me an excuse. I don't care. Yeah, and especially since Islander fans got what they wanted. They got games back at the Coliseum. They got more games back at the Coliseum. And the fact that Belmont's coming in a year and a half, and that's going to be close to 18,000. So, And I, I don't even know if there really are yeah. 18,000 Islander fans. I, that could, I don't know. Well, you know, winning will help with games. that. Winning will help. I know they'll sell out the first game, but you can guarantee there'll be a big drop for game two. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, and we're not criticizing we'll be talking the about this yeah. two years from now too, and exactly. it is what it is. It, you know, we like I said, there is a small, rabid, passionate, diehard fan base that rivals anything in this game. It's just it's very small, but and we can't yeah. go to every game, right? But that, but that being said, I'd rather have the eight to eleven thousand that go you know to the game every night, the hardcore fans, yeah, than, than get the eighteen thousand yeah. suits and ties at the uh, Ranger games at the Garden, so. I mean, I was at the range, full disclosure, I was at the Rangers opening night, and it was very loud. It was really loud. It's probably the loudest I've been in there, I've heard since I've been in the game. I've been to probably like a dozen Ranger games. That's the loudest I think I've heard it. It was really rocking. Right. Um, so, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, even suits cheer sometimes, too. Yeah, I, I guess when the waitress comes, right? To get their little wine spritzers the, the, or the whatever. Islanders are going to do a better job of marketing, too. They really got to get out there. They got to pound the pavement. They got to get even if you the, even if you give away tickets because people will spend money at the game. Get get the butts in the seats. Yeah, I mean, just get you know youth organizations, youth hockey teams, whoever you know, underprivileged people who haven't gone to a game. So there's so much you can do, uh, but it's, 
I mean, we send know, us each a hundred tickets. We'll get rid of them. Yeah, exactly. We'll fill it. Right. And you know, we know the fans that go are dedicated. But when you see eighty five hundred, eighty eight hundred fans that go to national media, which we all know shits on the Islanders, regardless, it, it just gives yeah, it's more just fuel for the fire. Yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of marketing, uh, this weekend was the Islanders alumni weekend. But it also was which we need to go to next year. By the way, yeah, no, definitely. we need to go to that. Yeah, it seems definitely. like a fun day. Yeah, it definitely looked fun, and it also was the 1979-80 first Stanley Cup team. They gave away. I don't know if you saw a picture of the rings. They looked beautiful. Yeah, it looks nice. Wasn't like something yeah. you get out of like you know Cracker Jack box. It looked legit. But my concern, oh full full disclosure. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I opened up a box of rings. Crispies yesterday, and they had frozen those temporary tattoos that you kind of like wash on. Right, and it was a frozen one. Uh, it was from Frozen Two. It was like a Elsa, and so I decided to give myself a lower back tattoo. Oh boy! Yeah, and I was uh, gonna take a picture and send it today, but then I woke up and it just looks like I forgot to wipe. It, it just completely uh, disintegrated overnight. All right, well that's the show, guys. Thanks for everyone joining us. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you, uh, you can't edit this out. Hey, I just. You know, we're a very open podcast. We're we, you know, we're very breezy. Yeah, yeah. we're very breezy. Very yeah. We we tell it. We tell everything. So okay, now well, you guys know. All right. Well, you, if you, you should have taken hashtag picture, tramp stamp. You should have taken a picture. Of hashtag and, let it go. And, and, you know, and tweeted it because that would have been the tweet of the week. I, I would have amended the rules that we couldn't, you know, win this. I can't now. It just it yeah. just looks like a like I missed. All right. Well, you just have to buy uh. another box of Rice Krispies. But that's yeah. That's, I know. Anyway, let's get back to alumni weekend. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, you threw the show off. Okay. Oh, of course. Now let's. Okay. Um, where the hell was I? Okay, yeah, I just, yeah. I just destroyed the rails. I didn't throw yeah. them off the rails. I yeah. just blew up the bridge. Right. <laughs> okay. So they had the. Um, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You're they, rattled. That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't think they really honored the seventy or uh, seventy nine eighty team. They just had all the alumni there. They gave the ring away. Why not have just a night dedicated for that team? Yeah, I don't know. I, and then you could I don't know. even because this is this the fortieth year, right? Fortieth year? year. Next year is going to be there's four years in a row. Yeah, and they should have their own. They should, they should have their own night. Yeah, yeah. Should. you know it's great that the team honors the alumni. Anyone who's played at least one game, we'll get into the list in a, in a couple minutes. But oh, the, yeah. you have the list. The list. Is oh, fantastic. I have it. Yeah, you know to have those. I know some okay, guys okay. from the team weren't there, but to, to honor as many of those players. And even this team is long overdue to retire a number. And we all know the, the, the candidates, John Tonelli, Pat LaFontaine, and even Butch Goring, which would have been perfect because he was the final piece of that puzzle for the 80 team to have his yeah, number retired. Yeah, I don't know. He just didn't play there long enough, though. But you know what? I mean, he was key in all those. He won a con Smythe. It's, I, I think it's... You don't want to be the Yankees and just retire everybody. No, but... but there's got to be more than just those six guys, and there are guys in the history. Yeah, of the team I think I think Tonelli could be one of them. I think Lafontaine could be one of them. I think Pierre Turgeon could be one of them. If we're just gonna go, if if you look at that short little spit there, I mean, it was his numbers were out of this world. Yeah, but I mean, if if you had to choose between Goring and Turgeon, you pick Goring. And I, I love Turgeon; he's one of my favorite players. But he obviously did more for the Islanders. Yeah, I, I guess. Turgeon did. You know, but, yeah, you're right. I know you're right. I know you're right. I just don't want to admit it. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned LaFontaine, who was at Alumni Weekend, which is great. But when they honored him the first time the Coliseum was shutting down, they gave him his night, which I thought maybe they would even induct him to the Islanders Hall of Fame, which he's still not in, which is an absolute travesty. Yeah, it's a joke. 
I mean, he's in the NHL Hall of Fame, or the Hockey Hall of Fame, I should say, but he's not in the Islander Hall. <laughs> I, I know there's been issues with, you know, him in the past with the team, but now you have a new ownership. He should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He should be have his number raised, but that's you know another day for another time, I guess. And though, yeah, because whoever wears sixteen stinks anyway. Like if you look at the people who have worn it since then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I you gotta, got like Marty, Marty Johnson, Marty Reisner. Yeah. Well, Brian Mullen wore, some wore sixteen, and he was he, he was key to that ninety three team. So, which was yeah, yeah. But we'll I'll talk about jersey numbers in one sec, which I wanted to bring up earlier. But we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Oh yeah, yeah. But sure. Uh, yeah, but there you know a couple. Like I said before, they give um, anyone who's played at least one game. In our own uniform, a chance to come, and they've let some people. Show Which I up. think is great, honestly. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, Peter Mika was in attendance. Um, Mike McWilliam, who I did not remember at all. I guess he was a winger on the '95. We team. had to look him up. Yeah, no, no idea. I mean, Graham Townsend, who I, I remember him, you know, vividly. Um, then there was one guy I had to do a double take. I know you did as well, Alvaro Montoya. Yes, I'm like, who the hell is oh, Alvaro yeah. Montoya? And then I'm like, oh shit, it's Al Montoya. I never knew his first name. Which was I love Al Montoya. Good, good that he was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, all the moves that Snow has done in the past to pick him up basically off the trash heap, because they were hurting for goaltending that year. And he was big. I mean, he he was he carried yeah. the Islanders that year. I know he got a contract elsewhere, but he he was huge. But uh, a couple other guys, Kip Brennan. I mean, I, I know we all know. Him. Oh, I love Kip. I used to. Yeah, we. Well, yeah, I used to. Uh, I used to. I have had a few alcoholic beverages with Kip Brennan. Right. You know, Jan Denny. Uh, we all remember him. Joey McDonald. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that big game against. Uh, oh, those, that's those. Those are the heart of my Bridgeport days. I. Yeah, uh, you were in my Bridgeport wheelhouse right now. Yeah, but you know, then, I want to see like Peter Menino. I want to see Peter Menino. Maybe Nathan Lawson. Can we get those guys yeah. over? Yeah, they should. Was it? Was that the 2010, 2011 Islanders when they had the six goaltenders? When they used like seventy five yeah. goalies, yeah, sixty five yeah. goalies. Yeah, they should just have one night just to honor all those guys. You know, which Kevin Poole. Yes, it should be awful Islanders goalie night. Yeah, they should do that really. But you know, then they have favorites. They have so many to choose from. Oh, totally, totally. And then you know, Dylan Reese, who played a cup of coffee with the Islanders. I don't, I think he's still in the AHL somewhere. But, uh, yeah, and then Radek Martinek, who I think went there just to play that night with the Highlanders. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he, got a, he was yeah. trying to get a PTO. Yeah, he was trying to get there. He's like, Radek, no, no, you're a part of the lump right now. It's like, oh, okay. Seidenberg was like, hey, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did he ever officially retire? I, I didn't really hear anything. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't know. I, I was also confusing him with Spiza. Spiza was also hanging around, right? Yeah, no, he's Spiza practicing with he's the still, team still. Yeah, which I think he, he's still on the PTO. Which I think after uh, the trade deadline, they'll sign him to the one-year deal, like they did with Seidenberg last year. Everyone yeah, will for freak seventeen out. million. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because then there's no roster spot. Yeah, exactly. Everyone there's no will roster. Freak yeah, there's unlimited rosters. Yeah. yeah. Which which is fine. I mean, just let him be there. Who cares? It's it's perfectly fine. He could sit in the yeah. He's sitting in the press box. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. But then now um, we all know Albert Wallstrom played his first game. He um, sent out a picture on Instagram about it, and there was a lot of responses from former teammates, you know, current teammates, and one one guy who I haven't mentioned so far on the show, Josh Hosang, who commented. Oh, we almost made it. I know, I know, but uh, I'm I'm going to defend him on this one. Because, you know, he's... No, this is funny. What he did was, was funny. funny. It was yeah, it's okay know? to have fun. Right, exactly. You know, it's like, cool jersey, bro. And, you know, people took that the wrong way, of course. 
Yes, because Wall Street was wearing 26, and that was Hosting's number, but Hosting doesn't have a number right now. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, just people to... Can we, can, we, can we also, can we cut bait with this? Can we either release him or trade him and just get this over with? Yeah, I mean, I guess there was rumors... Or that... he or he reports, either report or release. Let's just go. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Exactly. Uh, there was rumors that the, the Penguins were kicking the tires on him. Sure, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take Jake Gensel for him. Sure, absolutely. And I'll, I'll, yeah, okay, I'll, come on. I'll, I'm joking. And I'll throw in Nick Letty. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, you lucky to get the uh, from Dwight jersey, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton uh, from Dwight jersey that uh, Dwight Schrute gave Michael Scott in season two of yeah, The Office. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I was at the, you couldn't uh, get that for him right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, or Kevin's uh, chili. <laughs> but I was at oh, the yes. uh, the Sound Tigers ticket uh, party last week, and I was talking with yes, one, you were. one of the uh, members of the Sound Tigers, not a player, but just you know someone who works there in their front office, and I was talking about. Hosang and they just basically shook their head, like it's over. He's not playing here anymore, and it's like just cut the cord. They like, right? Didn't really say yes, didn't say no, but kind of shook their head in the affirmative. So we all know that's going to happen because it's been almost two weeks now with the Sound Tigers, and he's not played. I just don't. I just don't see how him not just sitting in a in his home is good for anybody. No, it's not. It's you know, it's hurting. His development is hurting just the Islanders getting anything for him the longer this goes. They're probably just going to end up releasing him because what's the point of having this, this player sit here? Or be at it's home just, and... The whole thing's weird. Yeah, it, it really is. But, you know, we always talk about the biggest uh, hurdle for Josh Hosang was Josh Hosang. And that's basically continued, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh... And you know what? He had a he had a really great camp. So I really I had nothing negative to say about him. He had a great camp and he worked his butt off. And you know what? I just don't know if he's an NHL player. I mean, he has to play in the top six, and uh, maybe if he goes to a team like Ottawa or someone like that, he'd have a chance. But I I just but you know I, you know. It, but you know what the thing was? Then as this team yeah, is, yeah, I don't see him as an NHL player. If he reported and just you know did everything right, he probably would have been the one to get called up, not Wallstrom. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, because I mean, I I know they they probably didn't want to call up Wallstrom this this quickly. I mean, it he looks he looks no fine. Wallstrom earned it though. He had a tough to good yeah, start. Yeah, but but that being said, I mean, you didn't want you didn't really hope that this was Lou's move to bring Wallstrom up here, and that would have hurt all. That's all a lot of pressure on a nineteen year old. Exactly, it is. I mean, he he looked fine, but I'm sure he'll be in the lineup Thursday in Winnipeg. He didn't do anything not to be, you know, because Everly will probably be out. Zizekas might be back, which might be interesting to see if what happens. And which I'll probably end up just putting Everly on the IR and retroactive. Well, we'll know Wednesday. We'll know Wednesday morning uh, yeah. if uh, if they make the trip or not. So that will be telling. And it, it sounds like Zizekas is going to make the trip, and yeah. it, it sounds like Everly's not. So yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. And it looks like they're still just going to rotate the goalies. For now, which is fine, and then I'm sure it'll, yeah. you know there'll be a clear cut one down the road and just go there. But yeah, I mean, no one's really division wise stood out so far. You but know, Carolina's besides been Carolina, good. Um, besides Carolina, yeah. You know, Other but, than that, it, the division stinks. It's not very good, and I told you that beginning of the year. So yeah. it's it's there for the taking. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the Atlantic. You know, typical Buffalo going out to this. You know, good, good start. 
and they'll they'll craft this year looks a little different this year this year looks a little different it was smoke and mirrors this year i don't see as much smoke and mirrors this year yeah i mean i i their goaltending still suspect but their defense their defense is significantly better rasmus dalin's gonna win a norse trophy and they're very good up front their top six is dynamic and eichel's really emerging as a superstar and they have, you know, I think uh, NHL coach now. I don't know if really Housley was was that guy. Because, you know, sometimes when you're assistant coach and you get the top job, it's not for you. It's like, you know, mainly like a player who gets See, called up. Wait. Yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, you're assistant coach or you're, you're AHL player and you just can't make the jump. And I think that was, mm-hmm. you know, Housley's problem as well. All right, you got anything else, Dan? No, I'm good. All right, guys. I think we, so, uh, we rambled on long enough. Yes, yeah. So remember those tweets of the week, you know, hashtag Isles Buzz. And uh, we'll see you next show.